Coming up, are the D-backs finally coming back to earth? And were the Phillies justified in firing Joe Girardi? Discussing with Sully Baseball next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks, your first listen every day. Would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you cover this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. We're going to talk about Joe Girardi getting fired by the Phillies with Silly Baseball, but I first want to discuss this D-backs versus Pirates series. We're not going to spend too long on it. I just want to get out some quick thoughts because the the D-backs dropped two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates, which was really surprising because we know the Pirates came into the season as one of the worst teams in baseball. The D-backs have a run of really winnable series coming up. And after Friday's game where the D-backs just bombed out the Pirates, they had their second most home runs of the season. They had five home runs in the game on Friday. And it felt like the D-backs were just going to steamroll the Pirates in this series. And it just did not happen after game one because this D-backs offense just disappeared the next two games. And we've seen this before. And it was another one of those series where the D-backs had more strikeouts than walks and hits combined over the last two games just absolutely disgusting stuff by the D-backs they were not able to come through or runners in scoring position at all 0 for 6 on Saturday 0 for 3 on Sunday and when you look at Saturday's game you got a fantastic start out of Zach Davies Zach Davies maybe gave you the best start of the season by his standards or not even by his standards, by everyone's standards on the rotation. Seven and two-thirds innings pitch, three hits, zero earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts, 101 pitches by Zach Davies. He lowered his ERA all the way to a 4.18. Davies had a fantastic start on Saturday. Ian Candy came in and got the one out in the eighth inning. All you needed was good Mark Melanson, and you would have had a beautiful one nothing ball game. You would have been upset that the offense squandered many opportunities that game with men on the bases and one out and they weren't able to convert but it would have been okay because the D-backs would have pulled out the one nothing victory over the lowly Pirates but instead some guy named let me pull up his name Suwinski he hits a walk-off two-run shot with Brian Reynolds on the base off Mark Melanson and what do we do with Mark Melanson? What do we do with the closer situation? Mark Melanson has a 6-8-7 ERA. I know he's like 11 for 13 with save opportunities or 12 for 14, whatever it is. I don't care what his save opportunity percentage is, his save conversion percentage is. Mark Melanson needs to stop going out there in the ninth inning. We have no trust in Mark Melanson, and it probably has to be Mantiply or if anything, like I wouldn't mind going Ian Kendi. Like I don't trust Ian Kendi either, but he's been performing better, a lot better recently. He's been on 
on a little hot streak recently. Have haven't he hasn't been giving up earned runs recently. So I'll go with Ian Kennedy. I'll go with Mantiply. I know Kyle Nelson has given up like earned runs and back to back outings, but anyone but Mark Melanson put Mark Melanson in as an eighth inning guy, as a seventh inning guy, because I can't do it anymore with Mark Melanson. And Sunday, the offense once again was not able to help out Zach Gallon, who Pitched pretty well, six innings, two earned runs. It didn't look like dominant Zach Allen, but he was still able to go out there and get the job done. D-backs offense was able to do nothing with the Pirates, and they get shut out on Sunday. They only put up one run on Saturday, and just a disgusting series by the D-backs where they still have winnable series coming up, but when you lose to a team like the Pirates, you lose two out of three. Like It just puts so much negative connotation around the team in terms of are you actually a, a team that we should take seriously for a wild card contender there's still a lot of question marks surrounding this d-backs team and they're only two games below 500 so it's not like they're out of the mix by any stretch of the imagination if i actually look up what the wild card standings are at 3 22 p.m as i'm recording this on sunday the d-backs are four back of that third wild card spot so they're still very much in the mix they still got some great series coming up but for the D-backs, this was a disgusting series to lose. The Pirates, the offense absolutely didn't show up after the Friday's performance. But at least you got some fantastic starting pitching out of Zach Davies and some really good starting pitching out of Zach Allen. Now let's talk to Sully Baseball about Joe Girardi getting fired. This episode is brought to you today by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to another Monday crossover. This is the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover for the sixth day of June 2022. We're more than a third of the way through the season, folks. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you look at my lower third right there on the YouTubes, you can always call me Sully. On Mondays, my co-host is right over there. He is the host of Locked On Diamondbacks, and his name is... Miller Thomas, and you could follow me on Twitter at Creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And you can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, and you can follow this show at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter, Locked On MLB Podcast on Instagram. So, tell you what, folks, um, I'm pulling back the curtain a tiny bit here just because of schedules, our lives, and everything, we are going to be uh, recording this one. It, games are still going on on Sunday, and there's a couple of games that I've got my eye on because it makes for some interesting, interesting scenarios if the ball bounces one way or another, and especially in a game currently being played in Philadelphia between the Angels and the Phillies. A uh, lot to unpack there. It was a 5 nothing Angel lead, and it was a 6-2 Angel lead with two outs in the eighth. It is now 6-6 six six on a Bryce Harper Grand Slam, although something's being challenged. I don't know what's being challenged, and I can't have the game on here because it's a local game, and they're all blacked out. And so I can't watch any games involving <laughs> the, the Dodgers or the Angels because why would you? But, Sally, if you download this or you download that, you've lost the point. If you have to make someone download an extra thing and upload an extra that and sign up for an extra thing, guess what? They move their thumb over a quarter of an inch and they start watching something else. Remember that when you hide a game on Peacock or Apple Plus TV or whatever. Where the hell is the game? 
If someone asks where the hell is the game and they takes more than two minutes to find it, they're watching something else. There's enough stuff to watch on your phone and on your laptop. Or, God forbid, you take a walk. So your pal Sully's been listening to a lot of games on the app and on the radio because they're not blacked out. But that's not the point. Um, there's a there's a big piece of news, and I wasn't initially going to talk about this uh, in an emergency podcast over the weekend, but I decided to wait for Millard talking about it. Hey, it's why I'm here. And that is uh, Mark Melanson. Is he the best closer oh, in baseball wow. history? Discuss. Oh, God. I don't even want to discuss Mark Melanson. What a terrible Saturday night after I felt like the D-backs were going to get a win. Of course, Mark Melanson craps the bed. Yeah, he let him walk off two-run home run to a rookie whose name escapes me right now. Uh, player for, yeah, I forget. I'm glad he you killed us today. He killed us on Sunday as well. Yeah, there you go. Well, as it stands right now, the other team in Pennsylvania made a move that was um, not shocking. It, it was surprising when it happened mm -hmm. uh, to a degree that they actually did pull the trigger. I completely understand. Let's talk a little bit right now because it happened on Friday evening. Uh, Joe Girardi was relieved of his duties, I think was the official. It was actually Friday afternoon. He was relieved of his duties starting the season 24-29 and 29 with the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies went on um, just a really – it's funny. They actually were on a little bit of a winning streak or they, yeah. they won the game uh, just before Girardi's um, firing. Which is weird, but uh, which is weird, but they just you know they were swept by the Mets. They lost two out of three to the Giants. Um, they were they lost two out of three to the Braves. They lost three out of four to the Dodgers. They lost three out of four to the Padres. I mean they they got off to a seventeen and seventeen start, which isn't great. But then they fell off a cliff after that. And the fact of the matter is the Phillies are a team. They're not a small market team. They're not a small budget team. They spent big money. They've brought in big time all-stars, including a Cy Young candidate in Wheeler, the reigning MVP in Bryce Harper. And this is still a team that has had one winning season in the last decade. And that one winning season was 82 and 80. So it wasn't exactly a juggernaut that they had last year. Girardi came over to win now. And in a division where the Mets collapsed and a team that was sub-500 at the All-Star break came out to win the division and win the World Series, you can't say that this was an impossible-to-win division. Remember, the Phillies were briefly in first place by themselves in August last year. And um, here they are, their sub-500 team uh, falling like a rock. And Girardi has been... I mean, we'll go into the pros and cons of firing a manager, but I will say Girardi has been weird in his managerial decisions. Um, a lot of times resting two of his best relievers on the same game. Mm -hmm. And when it gets to be like a one-run game, they bring up some schmo at key moments. Uh, I can't tell you. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a telling sign when Philadelphia fans are not saying, what, when this is happening. Um a change had to be made because the culture in Philadelphia, this team, was just, uh, it just, this is a non-contender. And like the Angels are wasting the prime of an elite talent. 
Maybe firing Joe Girardi will be a boost to the Philly season, like how AG1 is a boost to my day because I take AG1 every morning before I go to work because it gives me the boost of energy I need to start my day. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. So why do I love it? Well, it's because it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it does not matter. It costs you less than $3 a day. And they have over 7,000 five-star reviews, so you know it's reputable right now. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Yeah, and it's not just the overall record. It's how they got to that record. Because how many times have you turned on a Phillies game this year and they're up, what, four to five runs entering the eighth or ninth inning? And their bullpen absolutely blows it. Their defense starts giving up runs and making mistakes all over the field left and right. And there are just so many games where it felt like the Phillies were going to win and just absolutely collapse at the end. And Girardi just seems to from a personality standpoint, just not fit the city of Philadelphia. It felt like the fans never embraced him. It felt like the franchise never embraced him because he was never really David Dombrowski's guy. Like you saw there, there was kind of like a tit for tat this season between Dombrowski and Girardi because Girardi would try to start guys. You know, you were talking about with like the Castellanos thing, him being benched and then, Dabrowski would like DFA the guy that Girardi would try to start in the outfield or whatever. So there was like Roman a Quinn. Yeah, Roman Quinn. So it's like when you when there's like that public of a disagreement between the front office and the manager, like there's no chance Girardi was gonna survive the season considering the money spent this offseason. Like they had one of the most expensive offseasons in baseball, and all those guys are just underperforming right now. And you have to really question, like, we're gonna talk about the pros and cons. Like, how much does the manager really affect the the, the poor performance of these players because a lot of these players are just underperforming right now. Like, you look at that lineup outside of Bryce Harper, like a lot of these guys are having really poor seasons. And yeah. you have to wonder how much is that on Joe Girardi because you look at Alex Cora, like, see what the Red Sox players are doing under Alex Cora versus the one year when he wasn't there. It looks like nine day, like the Red Sox under Bobby Valentine that one season didn't look as good yeah. as when they brought in John Farrell. So you have to wonder if you bring in a different guy, um, maybe it could spark this Phillies lineup uh, and hopefully Phillies team. But 
Also, if you're a Phillies fan, you also have to wonder about what you did miss out on because you know Buck Showalter was a runner-up for this job back in 2020. And maybe if you fired Girardi before the season, you could have hired Buck Showalter to be the manager this year or at least gone out there and got Bob Melvin. So there's a lot of different crossroads that this Phillies franchise has taken, and it seems like they might have chosen the wrong one with Joe Girardi. I, well, I have to I have to be fair on this. I was all for the, the Phillies hiring Joe Girardi. I okay, was. you're pro Girardi. At the I time? was pro Girardi. I thought he won the manager of the year in his one year in Florida when he had a team with a non-existent roster and had them contending into September. Um, I when he was the manager of the Yankees, yes, sometimes you know you can point to like, oh, he had this great player, that great player. There's also some years where those great players were injured, and he had to cobble them together, and with great expectations. Yeah, you know, they did win a World Series with him. The last one they won. And by the end of his time with the Yankees, they did do a rebuild. The team that went to Game 7 of the ALCS in 2017 bore almost no resemblance to the team that he inherited. You know, Judge was already there. Um, you know, you saw, like, Didi Gregorius was a big player there. You saw a lot of the key players who some of them are still there are were part of that squad. And so, and he did a remarkable job managing that year. And there's a couple of years where, like when they made the wild card in 2015, where he did not have a really great team. It had a very high payroll, but it was players were injured and superstars weren't there. And, and yes, he annoyed people and he bristled people. But I, I thought the Yankees made a mistake letting him go. Mm. And I thought he was a surefire fit for the Mets. And then when Philadelphia signed him, I crapped on the Mets for letting Girardi go. So I I can't sit here and say that I did not that I thought this was a bad signing by Philadelphia. I think Girardi is a good manager. I think there's something about this team that doesn't quite fit, and you've seen that ever since Ryan Howard collapsed in a heap at home plate at the end of the 2011 postseason. That or the, yeah, the 2011 uh, division series that there just is something not clicking with this franchise. Now, Dave Dombrowski, once again, has taken over a team and forgot to put together a bullpen. Uh, If he put together a bullpen in Detroit, he would have had uh, a title or two there. He did win a title uh, running the Red Sox. But in the end, Alex Cora had to do things like use David Price, Nathan Neovaldi, Rick Porcello, and Chris Sale out of the bullpen in the World Series. If everyone stuck to their traditional roles, the Dodgers would have won that World Series. Uh, you know, it was Chris Sale, remember, came out of the pen to clinch the oh, World yeah. Series, not Craig Kimbrell, who uh, did everything but gift-wrapped the World Series to the Dodgers when he was there. And same thing for the Yankees. Um, there's something going – There's. There's something wrong in Philadelphia. I'm not going to sing the score from 1776, but there's something going on in Philadelphia. And this team just isn't functional. And they've gone through a bunch of managers. And some man- some managers have been decent baseball minds. Some of them have been inexperienced. Some have been very experienced. But there's something not clicking with this team. And while I don't blame Joe Girardi for everything, I do think it does send a message to the team saying, hey, we're, we're not accepting this. We need we need something, you know, something needs to change around here. And, um, you know, maybe maybe it's symbolic more than anything. But the fact of the matter is uh, 
something had to change in Philadelphia. And we'll see. I mean, some, maybe the team will relax. We've seen teams fire their manager and then they go on to great things. If you want to bet on the Philly season being turned around, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for your betting stats and sports info. Follow the latest developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions bet online where the game starts all right all right all right let's wrap up the pod yeah uh, and maybe the team will relax but yeah, we knew know. that we knew the team was flawed coming into the season. I mean, we all talked about how this was going to have to be a team that smashed their way to wins because defensively it didn't look like it, that was going to be a strength of this team. And so far, the offense just really hasn't been there. And so Dave Dombrowski, he has been an ultra aggressive guy in his career as a front office guy. I mean, when you look at the first thing he did when he got to the Red Sox was trade that whole farm system for Chris Sale. Like he's not afraid to blow it up, you blow up your farm system trade guy. So I wonder if Dave Dombrowski looks at the offseason he just has and he realizes that, yeah, I made some mistakes and maybe at the deadline I unloaded Kyle Schwarber and maybe I try to trade him somewhere else. Maybe I try to trade Cassiano somewhere else or try to just unload one of those two guys because you know you have some redundancy around your um, lineup when it comes to defensive weaknesses because that Bryce Harper injury was so important because now – he just takes that DH away, which was going to go to Schwarber or Castellanos, so one of those defensive liability guys. But now Bryce Harper has to play DH because he can still hit the ball like you saw what he did today. You mentioned he had a grand slam in Sunday's game. Like Bryce Harper can still win MVP based off his bat alone. But because he can't throw a ball, he now has to play DH, which is putting one of those defensive liabilities in the field. So I wonder if Dave Dombrowski, being the ultra-aggressive guy he is, if this team can start picking it up around the All-Star break, I wonder if he tries to be super aggressive at the trade deadline and maybe try to, you know, do a one-for-one switch where you could trade a Castellanos or Swarber for a, a different piece that better fits your team. Um, there's one thing I think is interesting when you look at this Phillies team right now, when you look at the autopsy, the fact about their starting pitching isn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, Gibson's pitched. I mean, it, this is not the uh, the 1995 Braves, but Nola is a decent pitcher who's been okay. Mm-hmm. Certainly a good strikeout to uh, strikeout to walk ratio, strikeout to innings pitch ratio. Zach Wheeler was mm-hmm. a uh, you know Cy Young contender last year. He's a solid pitcher. Kyle mm-hmm. Gibson's pitched pretty well. He's had some very good games recently. Uh, Zach Eflin isn't bad. Um, Suarez has not pitched well this year. But that's three okay starting pitchers. Uh, Knable has been up and down as the closer, but – uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez and Brad Hand, and uh, there's one other um, there's one other pitcher that they've had uh, who has been pretty good. Um, well, Familia is talented; he's just not had a great start. But you can point to um, three or four starting pitchers and two or three relief pitchers who aren't who are pretty good. And so you'd think if they had even a good offense with a decent pitching staff, you know, this could be. Uh, you know, this could be a contender, and they're just not. They're just really not. And maybe that was why, you know, maybe that's what they had to do. 
Yeah, and you hit on it earlier. Like, this is one of those teams, like, we talk about the Mariners not making the playoffs in their playoff drought. Like, you talked about it. The Phillies talk about their only one winning season. Like, they've only been to the playoffs one time since 2011 or 2010. So. No, none. Zero. They, yeah. they don't have one winning oh, season. Haven't. Yeah, they no. haven't been there since 2010 or 2011. So, yeah. This is, yeah, they have the second longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball. So, right. this is a team that's starving to get back there, and they've – They've gone through the managers. They've gone through the front offices. They're spending money. They're, they're trying to every which way to build this team through the draft. They're rebuilding. They're trading players. They're signing players. Like, it doesn't matter. The, this Phillies team just hasn't been able to put it together. And you wonder if David Dombrowski is that guy. And maybe we'll see who the next guy is because I don't know who's out there. Like, yeah. Who's a viable candidate that you would even want as the next Phillies manager? Because all the guys who you might have been linked to or rumored like just got signed with the Buck Show Walters, like well, we're talking I, on the bottom. I, of I will, I will go to my grave Uh-oh. yelling this: the Bruce Bochy's lieutenants deserve a shot as managers. The Hensley Mullins and Roberto Kelly have ticked every box, including managing in different levels. Uh, being uh, a coaching staff of multiple World Series winning teams, super respected in every clubhouse. They deserve a shot. There's no, I mean, if we're looking at it, well, who else could it be? Well, why not give one of them a shot? Well, what what do you have to, first of all, what do you have to lose? You know, they have the championship pedigree. They're respected. You know, what uh, Mullen speaks like three or four different languages fluently could be in a, in a multicultural uh, uh uh, clubhouse be respected by lots of people. Kelly was a wonderful all-star player, so he's been there, done that, but was on the one of the most successful coaching staffs of the last 20 years. Gee whiz, do you think he deserves at least a chance? You know? What do you Just think? A- what do you think Alex Rodriguez is up to? Oh, he's he's enjoying being uh, you know, showing up putting a blazer on, doing some stuff at ESPN and mm. sitting on a Scrooge McDuck pile of money. No, he, he, there's not the, the, there's not the scrutiny of managing a team. Um, but no, I would, I, yeah. I've been saying that well, those guys deserve a shot and they, you can't say they haven't chosen experienced managers in Philadelphia. Get, try something new. Say, this is what we're doing here. Yeah, and like you said, they got the talent in Philadelphia too. They at least got the foundation. They got Cy Young candidates. They got bright. They got MVP candidates on that team. Like they got all the talent in the world. They just got to figure out the right pieces to put around the, that that talent that they have on their roster. So well, I'm still confident that this this could be a a quick rebuild. I don't think this is a long process. I don't think the Phillies are a five year rebuild, five year turnaround from going to the playoffs. Like it could this could be a one season, two season thing. Like they try to do this off season. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to Sully Baseball for hopping on with me. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Should be doing a crossover with Javi Reyes discussing losers of the MLB season or it might be part two with Sully Baseball. I haven't decided just yet, but it's going to be a fun pod either way because Sully Baseball have uh, Sully Baseball and I still have a whole bunch of other managers on the hot seat that we want to discuss. So that might, e- that might either be tomorrow or maybe the next day. You guys will find out tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. More Diamondbacks news coverage and insight, as I mentioned. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.